The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, it's one of those interesting waiver wire weeks. How much are you going to spend or what kind of priority are you going to put on guys like Devontae Freeman and Dearness Johnson? Oh, makes your skin crawl a little bit, but you might have to go there. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It's Binato week. I know Dave doesn't want to do this, but I kind of want to put him on the spot anyway and send it to the weather, the the weather desk for the update. What do we got, uh, meteorologist? I I am totally. I, I told you I didn't want to do this, Adam. All right, you have to do it. I told, I, I can't believe you. You can say that we've got gusty winds and rain coming into Buffalo. That's going to wipe Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs off the fantasy map. Down in Los Angeles, look out for an El Nino. Justin Herbert won't be able to bounce back in Week Seven. And Big D, there's big trouble. Big thunderstorms. No C.D. Lamb. No Ezekiel Elliott. None of those other really great fantasy football players. Down to Jacksonville. No one wants to use those guys anyway, other than James Robinson. Well, guess what? Too bad. James Robinson's going to have to sit down on your bench in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger's arm isn't going to look so good anyway because he's going to be sitting on his couch eating Cheetos during week seven. And in Minnesota, they've got a dome. You don't have to worry about the weather most weeks, but there's no Justin Jefferson. There's no Dalvin Cook. There's no nothing. Not even Kirk Cousins will start in week number seven. It's a bye, NATO. That's, that's my... I hate you, Adam. That was good. That was for on the spot. That was really, even for not on the spot, that was really good. Uh, round of applause. Jimmy loved it. Look at that big smile on the face. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so listen, Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Steelers, all on by. And that means, as of right now, running backs two, three, four, eight, and nine are all out this week. One of those is Kareem Hunt. He's on IR. But two, three, four, hey, eight, and nine, all out. And that doesn't even include Dalvin Cook, by the way. Yes. Adam. Uh-huh. Now it's my turn to put you on the spot. Why don't you tell everybody about our new spot? <laughs> tell about, I'll tell you about our new sponsor <laughs> next week. You're gonna enjoy it. Um, Jamie, let's before we get into the waiver wire, Derek Henry is on pace for four hundred and thirty-two carries, two thousand eighty-eight yards, and twenty-seven touchdowns. He is in the club of the 2,000 rushing yard guys. That could have been said better. 2,000 rushing yard dudes who are averaging a lower yards per carry the following year. Every single one has had a pretty big drop. Henry is actually averaging only 4.8 yards per carry. But holy cow, he's on pace for 432 carries. He scored three more touchdowns last night. He is not fair. He's a monster. He's an absolute beast and uh, shattered this Buffalo run defense, which had been amazing coming into this game. Um, I'm going to ask Dave and Heath this question on HQ at, at 12. Uh, would you sell high on Derrick Henry if you're getting you know, two significant starters or maybe three significant starters in return? Because clearly he's going to bring a big haul. So 
I guess I'll ask you the same question, Adam. Would you sell high on Derrick Henry if you can get something, you know, three three great players in return? One of them would have to be a top five or six running back, and then I'd consider it, yeah. Well, if somebody's giving you a top five or six running back, they're not making that trade. It's going to be somebody that's been struggling that still has some upside. Well, could be could be Zeke on a bye, you know. Uh, potentially, if someone's on a bye, I guess you could. You could no, I'll put it this way. I'm not trading Derrick Henry unless I'm getting a top six running back and something back. Okay. So you wouldn't do it. Saquon no. Barkley. No. DeAndre Hopkins. No. And Amari Cooper. No. No. <laughs> Would you do that? Uh, the trade chart might suggest that that's a good trade. Now, if that were Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen. But again, Allen, the Mixon owner's not giving you something and. No. For the, no, Derrick Henry has been that much better than Joe Mixon. He, what do you he, think? He, All right. he has been, but again, you're giving Mixon. I, I, what it would take would have to be Mixon and, and another significant starter, and I don't think yeah. that's worth it. What if it was Mixon and DeAndre Hopkins and Amari Cooper? I don't. I don't even know that I do that. Okay. I, when you, I, I, I totally understand. I, I completely get your perspective. Yeah. If yeah. you're, if you've got Derrick Henry and you're two and four somehow. Maybe even if you're three and three. Now nah, I don't think I'd do it if I was three and three. But if I was two and four or worse, and I just need starters, I think I would. I think I would take that trade. I'm three and three with Derrick Henry. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yikes. I think I have. And the that most. was like you got him as a gift, right? Like the seventh overall pick. Seventh or eighth. I think I have the second most points in the league. Just a little unlucky. Yeah. But but it's. I mean, I don't really have that great of a team, quite honestly. But he's just. He's just that good. He is carrying me every week. Yep. And um, by the way, he's got to be the 101 in 2022. Pending that, but he's he's a leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, you know he can't do this again. <laughs> he says in 2024. All right, uh let's uh let's get into the waiver wire here. By the way, we'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. We've got live streams throughout the week. We got 8 p.m. on Tuesday. We got 2 uh 2 p.m. on Thursday. All times are Eastern. And then 11:30 a.m. until kickoff on Sunday. And all of the podcasts we live stream, they're at about 8.30 a.m. Monday through, or Tuesday through Friday and about 2 p.m. on Monday. Uh, and then we have the mailbag as well. So, yeah. So join us at youtube.com slash today. Now, Jamie, this is a, an interesting week because you might have a lot of players who are in the 70-ish percent range that are available that, that don't, don't make the, you know, the crux of the waiver wire content because that's 65% and lower reserved. But, but you know they you know they slip through the cracks in a lot of leagues. So let's start. We don't usually do this kind of segment. Let's start with the players that might not that are in shallower leagues. Players available in shallower leagues that would kind of shake up your waiver wire rankings if you saw them available. Who are some of those players? Then we'll do deep leagues. Then we'll do our normal segments. My favorite running back would be J.D. McKissick because of Gibson's injury concern and the potential of uh, A, him getting more touches, B, the game script going into Green Bay and what that's expected to be, you know, if things hold to form, how the Packers and Washington football team should go. So I think he's at 74% roster percentage. Um, and so he would be the first guy I would look for, even in non-PPR leagues, just with the chance of him getting additional work. Um, after that, at that position. Any position. I guess Michael Carr. Well, I'm just, you know, those, that's, look, <laughs> the running backs that are missing this week is just terrible. It's absolutely yeah. terrible. Um, Michael Carter, probably the next guy I'd look for, 79%. He scored in two straight. So hopefully there's something building there with the Jets. It's not an easy matchup against the Patriots, but 
you know, something that you can hopefully hang your hat on moving forward. At the wide receiver position, there's a lot of guys. Uh, we're going to fight about one. Um, one guy you want to add, one guy I say is a drop, and that's Kenny Galladay. Um, but the other guys in that range would be Jerry Judy just as a stash candidate. Tim Patrick still is you know, producing very well and should continue to produce, hopefully, even when Judy's back. Uh, I would still add Kadarius Toney you know, with the hope that he plays and, and what his still upside should be. He's at 76%. Um, Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs, you know, you're seeing, you know, both guys produce different ways, but still have the chance to help your team. Christian Kirk, you know, there's uh, obviously the inconsistency, but but he's still, you know, got three games or more on the season of 17 PPR points. So, you know, there's some upside there. It's almost like a, a poor man's Tyler Lockett. You just got to hope you start him on the right week. And the tight ends, there's a, there's a few. Uh, the two guys involved in the trade, Zach Ertz now going to Arizona. He's at 76%, I believe. And Dallas Goddard's at 73% with the hope that he plays coming off the COVID list. So, you know, those guys could be flex options for you if you have a tight end, just given what their upside and outlook could be, not just for this week, but also moving forward. Now, I saw you had Ertz listed ahead of Goddard. Is that because of Houston I just do it by percentage for that list. Oh, oh okay, okay. But, I'd rather have Goddard. I, I say that when I write it. The way I give it to you, I just give it to you by the numbers. Okay, I'm sorry about that. So, now you mentioned a lot of players there. How many of them would be your top priority, basically, if you saw them on waivers? McKissick would be the one. Uh, the other guys would be mixed in with everybody else. Okay, Dave, how about you? Personally, for me, I mean, if Dallas Goddard, just because of the position. If I saw Dallas Goddard, yep. bam, he'd be up there. Yeah, but I would take Shepard ahead of him. Okay. It depends on what I need, I think. Uh, in a vacuum, I would look at the running backs. I would look at Michael Carter as probably my favorite one, but he's just the least available, I believe, of everybody that Jamie named because I think he's got the most long-term potential as well as somebody who you would happily start in week number seven given all the buys and all the missing running backs. Um, after him, uh, Shepard, if you need a wide receiver, if you don't need a wide receiver and you somehow don't need a running back, I think Goddard is absolutely the direction to go in. If Shepard and Tony are both sitting there, and I guess we should throw Galladay in there too, because they're all available in some leagues, who's the best Giants wide receiver to get? I mean, Shepard has shown you his his track record, at least with Daniel Jones. That's his go-to guy. That's his blankie. You know, so... But he's never really done that. it with a healthy Galladay and Tony, you know? Yeah, well, he's done it with a healthy Galladay. He's healthy right now. No, he has... I don't know that... I wouldn't say that he's done it with a healthy Galladay. Well, I mean, as... At what point is Galladay going to be healthier than he was when he was playing earlier in the season? He's always going to be dealing with something. I mean, he's going to be dealing with his knee injury probably all season, dealing with the hip injury then. You know, so he's just that type of guy. He's going to be playing banged up. Hopefully forget, playing forget banged him. up. Forget him. Kadarius Tony is like 10 times better than Sterling Shepard. Um, he might be, <laughs> but, you know, we didn't get a full sample size of who's going to play inside, who's going to play outside for a full game. He ran four and, rounds. He got targeted on three of them. He was going to have 70 catches. That <laughs> that's your that's your uh your sticking point i mean i, I sure you, you can say that shepherd might lose with with tony there but um i i, I who knows when tony's gonna be back I'm yeah sure. feels like stretch that, that he'd play this week but but they haven't really said anything um and galladay may not play so totally get it shepherd being a big priority is what 63 percent rostered 64 percent. and so. and you know if you want to expand a little bit like dave said the the running backs that i gave you you know elijah mitchell's like in the low 80s you know, there, there's somebody in some 10-team leagues who might have been dropped. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, guys in, in some 10-team leagues, uh, wide receivers in some 10-team leagues that were dropped. Uh, you know, I, I can look in the guys at the 80s if you want real quick. Well, you said um, Judy, right? Yeah, you said Judy. He's 80%. Judy's at 81%. Like, if you, if you expand the tight ends a little bit, um, 
you know, Hunter Henry's still at 85%. Kaseki's at 88%. So, you know, if you want to go to more of the shallower leagues, but if you're looking at the wide receivers who, who still could be available in the, in the mid eighties. And again, you know, you never know what happens with, with teams that are on a bye week because some teams just have some fantasy teams have to make some tough decisions. Um, Corey Davis at 86%. I mean, you know, he's had some great moments this season clearly. And, you know, you know, they're going to be probably throwing more times than not. Uh, Jacoby Myers at 84%. I know it's been a little bit of a tough stretch for him the last couple of weeks, but still there's a lot to like there. So, you know, there's some guys. And then, you know, aside from Elijah Mitchell at the running back spot, um, some other guys in the eighties would be, you have, uh, still Khalil Herbert's at 88%, Demonte Booker's at 88%. You know, those guys might've been, um, you know, not picked up in some 10 team leagues. Damian Williams was, was in the mid nineties. He's now at 87%, you know, so sort of teams that don't have IR spots, if he's dropped, he may play this week and he could go back to being the, the lead bears running back. Um, and AJ Dillon's at 81%, you know, so there's another guy, uh, Alice Collins at 81% too. Okay. And then it was really deep leagues. Now for you, deep league managers, players that are rostered in, I don't know, 20% or fewer of leagues. You do have the Baltimore and Cleveland running backs that are available. You have Jarrett Patterson, you have Rashad Penny, did I steal everyone? Is there anyone else that you guys? No, DJ Dallas also. I mean, you know, that backfield is such a mystery right now because, you know, the one thing you know is Carson's out. We don't know if Collins is going to play. B. Carroll is optimistic. Sounds like he'll be out there. Uh, Penny coming off IR, but you know how Penny's track record is. He may not come off, off IR. But if there is no Collins, if there is no Penny, then DJ Dallas and Travis Homer would be the two lead guys there. And in some deeper leagues, it's not worth, it's not a bad idea to take a flyer on it because they play Monday, so you're not going to get their practice report until Thursday. Yeah, um, Ricky Seals-Jones is widely available. He'll be hot waiver wire pickup. Mo Alley-Cox also. And let's get into it then with the top three waiver wire priorities. Dave, who, um, you know, three, four, whatever, who are the guys you're looking at this week? I don't know if there's a slam dunk guy that's widely available. I think if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're like most fantasy managers and you're without a running back this week and you're just looking for somebody that you can pick up and start, I guess the name to tell you is Dearness Johnson, but it makes me nervous to say it. It's he he you can file him right under what Devontae Booker was last week, which is a guy who's got an opportunity, should see 15 touches on a short week against the Broncos, and it's a Broncos run defense that just got gashed by Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. He would probably be my top priority if I needed a running back this week. If I didn't need a running back this week, if by some miracle I had two or three healthy running backs that were playing in week seven, I'm passing on Dearness Johnson. And I'm maybe looking at somebody who might be able to help more long-term. I like Ramondre Stevenson there. He's 65% available. He was working in the passing downs role a little bit for the Patriots. I'm interested in him. I'm interested in carrying Devontae Freeman, who will probably share with Le'Veon Bell, provided that Latavius Murray is out this week. And I thought that Freeman for the last two weeks has looked like the best running back in Baltimore. So if those opportunities are there, I'd like to have him on the team. Uh, Jarrett Patterson is another guy who's going to get those opportunities if Antonio Gibson's out. There's a lot of ifs on this list. Yeah. The one guy that I said who doesn't have that if is Stevenson, who's definitely going to split at some uh, in some form or fashion with Damian Harris and, and other Patriots running backs, but it seems like his role is starting to develop a little bit, and he's somebody that can help carry you in the second half of the fantasy season. So are we not just not thinking Nick Chubb is going to play? Because they, he, they haven't ruled him out for Thursday. It's they a haven't. short week. Stefanski was positive about it, so just keep that in mind. But the fact that he didn't practice, wasn't listed as, as practicing on Monday, I know they didn't officially practice, but that's the report that they gave. So... Take that for whatever it's worth. So today will be a big day. You know, if he's able to get back out there and do something, 
uh, it's it's clearly something you should be you know focusing on because of Dearness Johnson and and for whatever it's worth, Demetri Felton. Uh, but I'll go back, you know, just to the running backs here. To me, the best guy is Devontae Freeman, and I don't know if it's particularly close. Um, just looking at what uh, Latavius Murray's injury is, John Harbaugh on Monday said he didn't want to give an update on Murray's status. And so if Murray's out and you're looking at Le'Veon Bell and Freeman and maybe Tyson Williams, who knows what they'll do with him. But Freeman, like they've said, he's looked explosive the last two weeks. He actually, he actually looks more explosive than he has in the last couple of years. Um, it, it's, it's refreshing to see. And, you know, just knowing what this backfield is, that Murray's been uh, a, a pretty consistent touchdown producer. You know, I think it's only been two games where he hasn't scored, um, you know, whether that's Le'Veon Bell or, or Freeman. But Freeman just has a little bit more juice to me. So I, 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 if, I, if, there, if I have the number one priority, I'm avoiding the Brown situation. Um, Stevenson is more of a long-term play. Rashad Penny's more of a long-term play. If I need somebody for this week, it's Freeman. And, and he would be the second player to add behind Sterling Shepard. Are you excited about him? I mean, compare him to say like Damian Williams a couple weeks ago, Elijah. No, Mitchell. there's nobody in that category. There, there's nobody in the Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, Chuba Hubbard category. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. You know, if you want to just keep going back to the start of the season, yeah. uh, because we don't know if Murray's out. You know, Murray could easily play, and if if he plays, then Freeman's not worth the number one uh, number one waiver spot. And and again, um, it's a weird week because the six teams on a buy, all the the players who are are dealing with injuries. So you might have to burn the number one waiver spot on somebody that you don't want to if it doesn't reset. You know, so if you've been sitting on that spot for a week, it, it, it's just one of those frustrating situations. Um, and so you could have to decide between, you know, a Ravens running back, a, a Browns running back, a Seahawks running back, and, and that would stink. But I think if you if it does reset and you're sitting at the number one waiver spot, you know, Freeman could be the guy that they start to look, look at moving forward. You know, Darius Johnson may be the guy in tandem with Nick Chubb or Felton's the guy in tandem with Nick Chubb. Stevenson, like Dave said, you know, three catches. He had the most catches, targets, and routes run of, of the Patriots running backs. Um, he was a mess in pass protection, so who knows what happens coming out of that game. But still, he uh, he now has back-to-back weeks with at least eleven, with at least eight total touches. And uh, I know I reference this guy a lot, and you know, I, we should probably put some context to it, but uh, Tom Spencer, who um, comes on with us on on HQ on Sunday mornings, he's he's the 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 research guy for Jim Nance and Tony Romo and he's in the coaches meetings and he said Sunday morning Ramondre Stevenson is going to have a bigger role he didn't expand on what that role would be I don't know if Belichick and the coaching staff expanded on what that role would be but you saw it you saw Brandon Bolden on the on the sidelines working on special teams back in that spot and Stevenson being their passing downs guy so if he's going to be the passing downs guy he's got some long-term appeal and if there's something happens to Damian Harris there's some there's some pretty significant appeal if Antonio Gibson misses time what kind of a role do you think Jared Patterson would have? Because they more or less... So McKissick got about 13 carries a game, something like that, and was really good in two of three games without Gibson. Now, one of those games Gibson started, but he left really early against Pittsburgh. So basically three games without Gibson, and McKissick was uh, a must-start, you know, like huge games in two of those three. Do you think Patterson is uh, going to be significant, Dave? I think he'll be significant in that he'll be the running downs guy for Washington. Do you but Which, let me but do you think that'll be the case or do you think it'll be like no. 10 this 10? Week, you mean? No, I you no. Know, like like the carry split between McKissick or and Patterson. I'd be surprised if it was um a wide split between them where it's like Patterson with 12 carries and McKissick with 3. I think it'll be closer to what you're saying, mm-hmm. which could be like 8 to 6, something like that. So Patterson he looked good in the preseason. You've heard that from me before. You probably want to run the other way when you hear that at this point, but he's going to be somebody with an opportunity. It's less of an opportunity 
than Freeman, than Dearness Johnson for this week. So that's why he's behind them. He doesn't have much long-term appeal, which is why Ramondre Stevenson is ahead of him as well. But he's a running back who's going to play this week, and the matchup isn't terrible against the Green Bay Packers. I just don't know if Washington's going to be able to hang in that game for more than two quarters. Right, but and I think when, when I look... usually be 17 nothing at halftime, and then Aaron Rodgers throws two more touchdowns in the third quarter. If I'm looking at waivers right now, right, and I'm looking at the Washington situation and the Seattle situation... Collins is already on IR, but he's got a neck issue, and who? You know, I just Carson, don't, Carson's sorry, on sorry, IR. Carson, and I just don't know what to expect there. And Gibson, I just can't, I cannot sit here and be like, ah, well, you know, Gibson's day to day. He's got a stress fracture in his shin that he and aggravated. He left last weekend twice. Yeah, I know. So it's like there might actually be a long term play in that backfield. I can't sit here and say that that's the case. I'm not a doctor, but when you look at different injuries, I mean that one. That one scares me a little bit, you know. It's you sure. don't you don't want your starting running back to have a stress fracture, and then he was he made it through week five okay, but he did not make it through week six okay. So, um, well, that, a different injury though. It's probably related, but different. But he left with the shin, then he came back, and then he hurt the calf. That's how I understood it. Maybe. Um. So I, you know, not I don't crazy. know. Now you've got two leg injuries though. So it, it, I don't know. I, I just wonder. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, just because Jared Patterson is next up on the depth chart doesn't mean he'd be any good. But I, I would be surprised if there is a significant injury for Antonio Gibson if there's not somebody brought in. Exactly, I guess my point. Because I don't know. Like Patterson, I think, is somebody that they like. I think there's somebody that they would like to use. I don't think it would be somebody that they're going to say, all of a sudden, you're getting Antonio Gibson's workload. So uh, McKissick, I think, would probably be you know two to one in terms of carries and, and probably three to one in terms of touches. I want to throw one more name out. I feel like I'm the only one who <laughs> who's on this or who cares, but Tyson Williams. If Latavius Murray's out, maybe they go back to Tyson Williams. You know, maybe they felt secure enough with Murray that they could make him inactive two of the last three weeks, Tyson. But if he's out, perhaps they think, all right, Tyson's our best chance. He's fifty percent rostered. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, how I sent you the notes. I had him originally as a drop candidate and then uh I took him off and I have him in the write up for Devontae Freeman. So it's it's certainly something to to uh, put in the back of your mind that if we find out, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to run to pick up Tyson Williams because they didn't play. You know, this is not. Um, th- there's something I think we should talk about with the buys in regards to your roster management, but I'll, I'll bring it up here for a second. I don't think you want to drop players that mean something to you long term to pick up Tyson Williams as a short term play because we just don't know. You know, so if Murray's out, like I don't think you want to drop. You know, somebody who, uh, you know, is is a third. You know, you don't want to drop. Would you drop know. Murray? Uh, you don't drop who Latavius Murray? Yeah. Would you drop Murray for Tyson Williams? No, not at this point. Unless it's unless uh, you I know. needed a running back really, really badly. That's yeah. If it's I... a high ankle sprain for Murray and he's going to miss several weeks, then yes. But you know, we don't know that Williams is going to be right. even a big part of the the, the backfield. But uh, in any event, does Tyson Williams have a chance to be active and be a significant contributor? Well, I hope so. Uh, but it's hard to say that the Ravens feel that way. So he'd probably be active, but still could be third behind both Freeman and, and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And it is still uh, possible. Paul was talking him up after the game. He was like, yeah. you know, he was asked about the running back. You know, each running back scored for Baltimore last week. And Harbaugh was talking up Tyson Williams. He's like, it was a big game for him, too. He learned a lot being on the side. Like, I, I thought that that was a strange thing for Harbaugh to bring up. And then he seemed a little unsure of what that backfield would look like in the wake of Latavius's injury. This is right after the game on Sunday. So I don't know if he's clarified any comments since then. 
But the bottom line is that this is part of the reason why Freeman isn't number one for me. I like what I've seen from him, but I'm not sure he's going to get 15 touches against Cincinnati this week. If I was sure, he would definitely be number one. Uh, here's another thing here. If, if you're listening to this show and you're just, this is not very appealing to you, or maybe you're in a deeper league and none of these guys, well, the Ravens and Browns guys will be available, but Sterling Shepard might not, Dallas Goddard wouldn't. Uh, don't use a waiver claim tonight because this could be the week, the one week of the entire season where the best players are dropped. Schrager just told us before the show that he had to drop Michael Thomas. It was either him or Amari Cooper. He was in a roster crunch, and Thomas is going to be out for, according to Ian Rappaport, a couple more weeks. So, uh, you know, this could be the week where you don't use your waiver priority tonight or Wednesday whenever they run, and then all of a sudden you're first or second after the first run of waivers, and you could pick up the best player that was dropped. So so keep that in mind. Well, that, that's what I was going to bring up. I don't think the tough decisions so much are – I don't think it's – I don't think the toughest decisions necessarily are who you're going to pick up to replace your starters. It's who you're going to drop to pick up some of these guys when you have so many players on a buy or injuries. It's so frustrating. I mean, you you think about the the six teams on a buy. There are stars across the board. It's not like last week where there was a couple guys that were missing. You know, Alvin Kamara, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley. You know, the the few guys, Debo Samuel. You know, the four teams who are out. These six teams have stars everywhere. Every single team. There's what five quarter four quarterbacks that are great there's running backs on every team that's great every receiver every team has a significant receiver or two you know it's just it's a lot to deal with and so what i think you you should honestly consider is and, and you know I, I think we got a question from scott fish as a matter of fact about what the rules are for taking a zero in your lineup if you're four and two five uh, six and five and one six and oh you might take some zeros and and take a loss this week to avoid ruining your roster long term I would hate to do that, though. I would hate to do that, too, oh, but I would also it. hate to ruin what my team looks like. Like, I have I have a team where I have Najee Harris and James Robinson as my top two running backs, and I don't have a lot of wiggle room on my bench because it's a keeper league and I'm carrying guys long-term. And so I may struggle to make some tough decisions this week because I don't have Josh Allen, so I already picked up Jameis Winston as a quarterback replacement. So there's one spot that I have to shuffle out, you know, and, and the quarterback spot. So there's going to be some tough calls for me that I don't want to drop guys and if I lose, I lose. But I know long term, my team's going to still be better off for it. And the flip side to that, and if you file this under, you know, easier said than done. You could always try and make a trade. You could try dealing yes. away. Like I, I don't think Jamie, you're really interested in dealing away Najee Harris for smaller parts. You'd no. probably prefer to do a one for one type deal with Najee for another running back who's just playing this week. But I, I hate the idea of trading him straight up. For example, for. Uh, for Joe Mixon, I think you'd rather have Najee than Mixon rest of season. I don't think that that would appeal to you. But maybe a trade with another running back that's on by this week. Maybe Robinson you would consider. Not that exact trade that I said, but some sort of a deal. Like yeah, Schrager's yeah, yeah, yeah. tried to look for a deal. Not, right. not the straight-up drop Michael Thomas. You freaking took Michael Thomas with a top 100 pick. Yeah, Schrager. And you waited this right, long. But the, the flip side and now you're going to drop him? That's a terrible thing. You should have tried to make a deal. But the, and flip, then the flip side the of that is... Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then at the very latest, wait until Saturday to drop Michael Thomas if you have to. That way you've got a chance to pick him up next week. At least you've got a chance to do that. Go ahead. The, flip, the flip side of that, though, is if you're 3-3, three and 2-4 three, and four or worse then you might have to drop some of those guys because you can't afford to lose anymore. So yes, you try and make a trade, try and do something that can help your roster. But if you have to make some tough calls, and we're not talking about dropping Najee Harris or James Robinson, or those caliber players, we're talking about dropping, you know, so um, I would have to drop, I don't know, uh, 
There's not. I, I don't know Mike the whole roster. Well, Mike Davis is playing. That's terrible. Um, um, in, in any in any event, you may have to make some tough calls. Zach Moss. Uh, I'm sorry. What about Zach Moss? Would you right? Drop so you may have to drop a Zach Moss to to pick up uh, Devontae Freeman. You know, and that would absolutely suck. But if you are in a struggling roster situation, you might have to make those type of calls. So it's just I, I'm just thinking more along the lines of the teams that are winning. You know, you might have to uh, you know make some tough calls about sacrificing this week. Yeah, well, I'll tell you who I think could get dropped in some leagues and would be a very tough call is Alexander Madison. I don't think anybody wants to drop Alexander Madison. I don't think anybody wants to drop Tony Pollard, you know, but these are the decisions that you might have to make going into their bye. Um, you know, I would say try to hold on to those guys if you can, but how about Tyler Bass? Is he worth, if you could afford the roster spot, he's the number one kicker. Uh, I'll let Schrager in here to defend his Michael Thomas drop. Yeah, right. But ben can't help himself. I, I can't help myself because I just dropped Bass and Madison in the same league. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's terrible. How many people are going to read the prior to this week, though? Or you did it already today? This morning. But why are you dropping them before you know who you're getting? It's a free agent waiver claim. Oh, oh so you, it's immediate. Yeah. Got it. So, no way. Are you playing with kindergartners? So, who did yeah, you my get? family, pretty much. There's some that are like that. First come, first serve. <laughs> yeah. New kicker. A restaurant. New kicker, JD McKissick, Sterling Shepard. Yeah. All right. I can't blame you for so that. The Shadow League, obviously. Yeah. Right. All right, I can't believe you for that. To the point about Madison, how many people are going to have the chance to stash him? I'll pick him up on their bench. I know you would want to pick but him what up. What would you drop to pick him up, though? I don't know. Look, it's all know. it's all hypothetical, but I I would I you probably drop Sony Michelle. I would drop I, if I had a different handcuff. Then yeah, I would drop that handcuff for Madison because I view him as the yeah. the best one and the and okay. one that's kind of likely to get some run because cook just you know he gets 27 carries a game and he has trouble staying healthy all right anyway let's go um one last week let's do fab talk uh how much fab are we talking here for you know for first sterling shepherd how much fab the 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 most was him and i said 15 percent. so okay and that's only in full ppr i don't love the fab discussions i know people really like them but at this point in the year, especially, they're so specific to how much do you have left? What's your record? What do you need? Yep. So if you're so running back needy and Devontae Freeman is out there or Dearness Johnson is out there, I still don't know that you can justify it. <laughs> it's a big bid. But what do you think, Dave? What's uh, I, I hope people in my league spend 15% plus on Dearness Johnson. I, I I think he's worth adding if you need a running back this week and you cross your fingers that Nick Chubb doesn't practice on Tuesday and doesn't play on Thursday. Okay, the again, the only positive with Dearness Johnson is that he's healthy and he's a running back on a short week. So th those are the only positives. He's not a great player. But I wouldn't spend a lot of fab on him, especially knowing that I could probably spend the same amount of fab, and I'm talking like 11% max on Devontae Freeman, on Ramondre Stevenson. You could probably spend a little bit less than 11% and get Jarrett Patterson. You can spend a little bit less and get Le'Veon Bell or Tyson Williams. At least those guys, they all qualify as guys who will play in week number seven. And in the case of the Ravens running backs, I think they're all definitely going to play versus Dearness Johnson probably won't play very much if Nick Chubb is active. Hey, by the way, there are two, I should have mentioned this earlier, there are two DSTs that are about 75% rostered that if you, if you don't need 78 anything. 78 and 74. Yeah. 
Cardinals and Patriots. Patriots yep. against the Jets, Cardinals against the Texans. And the Saints were dropped in a bunch of leagues. Well, the Saints are in our threshold, so you're good there. Yeah. Yeah. But the Saints, uh, sorry, Colts this week? No, who are they playing? No, Seahawks. No, they were like Seahawks, 98% right. rostered last week. Um, yeah. No, so, he thought the Saints have the Colts this week. San Francisco has them. Oh, no. San Francisco. Oh, I, 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 has I the were Colts. saying the Colts were good. Yes, for those of you in the 2% of leagues that the Colts are still available, go get them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I forgot the Saints matchup. It's the Seahawks. And uh, all right, let's go to yeah, our news and notes. The Cam Newton led Seahawks. <laughs> Uh, Kareem Hunt's going to go on IR. He's going to miss some time with a calf injury. We've talked about this situation. Nick Chubb may play this week. Baker Mayfield hurt his shoulder. He insists he will play this week. And now also relevant to this game, Denver's had a really good run defense for most of the year. They didn't. They weren't they as good last week. They have now mm-hmm. lost two starting inside linebackers for the season, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, who got hurt. Jewell, uh, Jewell earlier this year, Johnson got hurt last week. And they've got Baron Browning. I don't really know much about these guys, except for Jewel. Uh, he's a backup inside linebacker. He has a concussion, and he won't play this week. So they're very depleted there. I, I don't think that's not like a guarantee they're going to have a bad run defense, but you've lost three inside linebackers. Um, Alex Collins beat up. Rashad Penny's likely going to be activated this week. That's what they said. Mentioned Michael Thomas, according to Ian Rappaport, still a couple of weeks away. Does that mean he can't play next week? I, I don't think the timeline could change, but he's not going to play this week, I think we could assume. Uh, Antonio Gibson's going to have an MRI on his leg. Jerry Judy has a less than 50% chance to play this week. Dak Prescott hurt his calf. Not a 100% guarantee to play in week eight at Minnesota, but they seem optimistic about it. Uh, Terod Taylor, 10% rostered. He could be back this week against Arizona, and he's actually, despite leaving one game at halftime, he's a top 12 quarterback per game. 12th so far. Ryan Fitzpatrick could play this week at Green Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo, you guys projecting Jimmy Garoppolo this week? Yep. Yes. Okay, he's got the Colts. Alex Collins is questionable. Oh, I think I already mentioned that one. Sorry. Yep, I did. Um, Julio Jones. Oh, the injuries last night. Jeez. Julio Jones left with a hamstring injury. Dawson Knox, a hand injury. Taylor Lewan was carted off. Left tackle for the Titans. And l- luckily, he seems to be okay. T.Y. Hilton's hurt. Or else he'd be probably... He's fine. Oh, he's fine? Okay, good. Well, so then he should probably be in the discussion of a, of a waiver wire priority. Yes, he's the number three yeah. receiver for me. All right, great. Paris Campbell could miss... The rest of the year, he's going to be out for a while. Foot injury, tough. I mean, Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. Just really so bad nice. for that kid, man. Can't get a break. Yeah. We're going to get Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage back this week, it looks like. We're going to get Stefan Gilmore making his debut with the Panthers this week. Is Phil that for sure? No, uh, but likely. He's eligible to play. Right. Uh, Lane Johnson's coming back for the Eagles. He missed three games to focus on mental health. Packers could be getting their left tackle, David Bakhtiari, in the next couple weeks. Another injury in the Bucks secondary. Richard Sherman's out a few weeks. And Minnesota cornerback Patrick Peterson is on IR. Well, luckily, we've given a ton of names so far, but let's go through it. Top three at each position. Jamie, the one, t- uh, one position we haven't really given a lot of names for is quarterback. Who are the top priorities at quarterback this week? Yeah, I think there are only three guys, to be honest with you. I put Cam Newton as a fourth for you know somebody to get ahead of it in two quarterback and super flex leagues, so he's at 2%. Just in case he signs with the team, and Pete Carroll said that they have reached out to him, so... Just keep that in mind. Uh, the three guys for me that are available would be 201, Jameis 2, and Teddy 3. And I know Teddy's coming off a miserable game, but his fantasy production has been pretty consistent when he's been 34 or more pass attempts, which has happened in all but one of the games where he's been healthy. 
And so you figure he's probably throwing again. So he's a you know decent streaming option. But Tua against the Falcons is a great matchup. And he looked pretty good against the Jaguars. Uh, over uh, He had 25 fantasy points, ran a little bit, 22 rushing yards. And Winston, you know, Seattle's defense, as we know, not very good. They allow the fourth most passing yards in the NFL. I was hoping that we were going to see Winston with Michael Thomas, but that's not going to be the case. But coming off his four-touchdown performance, hopefully this is another multiple-touchdown game for him. And he did throw 30 times in that game against Washington before the bye. So maybe that's a sign of things to come also with Taysom Hill banged up. Right. I think if you're looking at Winston, you should keep an eye on Taysom Hill's status. He had a concussion two weeks ago. And... uh yeah, okay, so Tua, Winston, and Teddy Bridgewater, and also Seattle in that matchup for Winston, probably going to be without Daryl Taylor, their top pass rusher so far. He was the No, one. he's got a chance. He does have a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll see on that. He was the one who was carted off on Sunday night, and thankfully, good news on him. And just another guy who may have been dropped and is, is shallowly, guys. My favorite quarterback, if he's available, would be Matt Ryan. Yep. He's at uh, 79%, I think it is, or 69%. Um, yeah. You know, clearly playing great, uh, 68%. Clearly playing great. And uh, the Dolphins, as we know, not very good. And we'll see if their corners are healthy. You know, so Ryan, um, if he's still out there, number one by far. And also Carr and Wentz could be options. Yep. Okay, Dave, uh, sum up the running back position for us. It's a mess. There isn't a surefire number one guy. It depends on what you need. If you need a running back this week and this week only, I think Dearness Johnson is the top guy that you can count on, assuming that Nick Chubb does not practice on Tuesday and you cross your fingers that he doesn't play in the game. And then Dearness Johnson has this great opportunity against a beat up Denver defense. He would be my favorite guy. And then after that, I'm thinking more long term. Ramondre Stevenson would be second, Devontae Freeman would be third. Uh, all those guys are available in at least 65% of leagues. Johnson and Freeman basically available in every single league. Those are my top three at running back. Okay. Uh, J.D. McKissick is, is the shallow guy to look at. There are a lot of shallower Michael guys. Carter too. Yep. Yeah, Michael Carter. And then I don't think we've talked about Sony Michelle. I think he's 66% rostered. There is definitely a garbage time opportunity against the Detroit Lions. Uh, so... You know, this is the, ty- the, the Jerry type of- golf ball, the Matthew Stafford. Yeah, <laughs> types of decisions you might have to make this wacky Brad week. Uh, wide receiver, Jamie Sterling Shepard's one. Who else? Sterling Shepard's one. Um, I've gone back and forth on two and three, but I put AJ Green too, just because the matchup against Houston, and at least you know what you're getting from him. Plus the health factor. Uh, while T.Y. Hilton said he is healthy, Frank Reich said he's healthy. You know, he did leave the game with a quad injury, so you could put T.Y. Hilton second if you want. But Green's consistency has been pretty. You know. There, uh, six targets in every game, uh, 13 or more PPR points for his last five. And so while you're now adding another player in the mix with Zach Ertz uh, and, and you see White Kyler is playing, at least you know A.J. Green's, if he continues to get this, these opportunities, he's doing something with them. So um, hopefully he takes advantage of Houston. And then T.Y. Hilton, four catches, 80 yards, four targets in his first game. Seemed to have a pretty good rapport all, all right away with uh, Carson Wentz. And you saw a little something different in this matchup for them with Hilton and what they did with Paris Campbell, the 51 yard touchdown, you know, pass to Campbell, but Hilton making plays down the field, the offense is now opened up a little bit, you know, forget about Campbell not being there, which sucks, but now you have a guy to stretch the field. So I hope it doesn't come at the expense of Michael Pittman, like we saw, but um, you know, T Y Hilton, as we, as we saw at the end of last season was a very good fantasy receiver. And hopefully that's the case again. Now that he's back. Yeah. All it took for Hilton was just getting on the same page with his quarterback. It took him half the year in 2020 doesn't seem like it's taking him that long in 2021 no love for darnell mooney Uh, i have him fourth um you know it's a good matchup but 
I just don't want to trust Justin Fields. And at some point, we're going to see a, a, some something from Allen Robinson. So he's there. You know, he's he's worth adding for sure. Uh, two of his last three games have been good, you know, productive at least for fantasy purposes. But the targets just haven't been off the charts. And this is still a team, I think, that's going to be run first and a struggling quarterback. So uh, he's behind the other three guys for me. And I know we talked about it being like the Jared Goff Bowl and whatever between Rams and Lions. Get ready for the DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt Bowl as the Cardinals take on the Texans. Hopkins, two touchdowns guaranteed this week. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah more targets, though. Maybe be a little nervous about A.J. Green. Yeah, Hopkins needs to get more targets. Uh, we were talking about him on the Monday show mm-hmm. about a potential uh, sell-high candidate. And, I, you know, Heath brought that up, believe it or not. I think he's right because now you're adding Ertz. He may have a great game this week, so I, I don't disagree with that. But you, you're adding Ertz to the mix uh, for a guy that has seen his target share plummet. Uh, from what it was a year ago, which was the concern last year. You know, we thought going to this Cardinals offense, they just didn't have the guys. And now they have the guys. And Kyler's, you know, developed as a quarterback. And so if Hopkins continues to get these targets, you can't rely on the touchdowns and yards because that's the, the touchdowns because the catches and yards have uh, cratered. It's just, uh, it's going to be a, a rough stretch, I think, at some point for him. Yeah, yeah I totally think, get that. I think this wait, is wait one week on Hopkins. His longest stretch without 100 yards since 2016, I want to say. I, I feel like it was the Osweiler year. Yeah, um, has to be the Asweiler year. Yeah. So, I mean, because I think he had five in a row in 2019, but this is now six in a row. I don't even know. I, this is not even dating back to last season. I don't know how he finished last season. But, okay, tight ends, Dave. Who are we looking at at tight end? I think Seals Jones has to be the top guy at tight end. And I know it's a little gross to think about, but let's face it. He's playing a lot. He's getting a lot of targets. He had a touchdown last week. As long as Logan Thomas is out, I think that Ricky Seals Jones has to be the top guy uh, on on the waiver wire this week. Um, and then after that, it's kind of gross. I mean, there's Mo Alley-Cox, there's O.J. Howard. Pat Fryermuth had a bunch of catches, but he's not playing this week. Um, I guess I'd go Alley-Cox ahead of O.J. Howard as that second guy. But I'm I, again, I'm, I'm looking for a warm body who might catch a touchdown. Alley-Cox has proven to do that, so has O.J. Howard. So spend a little bit of fab to get one of those two. I know almost everybody is, but are they better than Evan Ingram in this week? Just I just hate just trusting trying to find someone. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to bank on the other guys being out, you know, so no Galladay, no Slayton, no Tony, then sure, you can say Evan Ingram's got a chance, but he's had a couple chances already this season with guys banged up and just hasn't delivered. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like Ali Cox, at least you've seen him score three touchdowns in the last three games. He scored two of the three games, if you want to put it that way. Um, they're probably chasing points against the 49ers. So, you know, maybe some some increased targets without Paris Campbell there from Wentz. Uh, for Howard, it's more of a gamble. Uh, does Gronk not play? And if Gronk does not play again, is it Howard's, you know, time to shine like we saw in the Thursday game last week? So there's a risk. I guess my question would be is, Dave, who's the under on the Thursday night game? Because that's the next tight end you might want to pick up. <laughs> Who do you want it to be? Well, let's, let's go ahead and manipulate this to our favor. The Joker. You got a lot of options. You got three tight ends for the Browns. I mean, do you, do you want Najoku to be the start of the week? Do you want Noah Fant to be the start of the week? I mean, uh, no, whatever I don't other want prop you're playing, playing, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're going the other way. Is that the we're doing the reverse kibosh thing? All right, so Ricky Seals, Jones, Molly Cox, OJ Howard, and it goes without saying, if Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz is available, you know, prioritize them, especially Goddard. DSTs, uh, DSTs, Dave, who are we looking at? Oh, no, uh, sorry, Jamie. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Um, well, you Same. mentioned the two, the Cardinals Same. and the Patriots. And the other ones that I looked at were the Saints uh, at Seattle. Obviously, that, that offense is struggling and injured. Uh, the 49ers, I think they'll be healthy coming off their bye week against the Colts. Uh, the Browns against the Broncos, just knowing that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater struggled a little bit last week. Raiders against the Eagles. You know, Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a touchdown pass uh, now three games this season, I think it is. Um, and then the Falcons against the Dolphins, just based on how Miami struggled a little bit offensively. Okay, so the Saints are the top prize here, right? By far. Yeah. 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 Uh, Everybody else, there's flaws. But what about Patriots, Cardinals, Saints? Who's the best? Uh, I would put those two ahead of the Saints. Okay. The Seahawks have allowed be the best. 18 sacks in five games. So Saints can get after them a little bit. And uh, kickers, Jamie? Uh, the top kickers for me would be uh, Young Shui Koo, who's coming back off a of bye. So 45% is his roster percentage. Daniel Carson, uh, Nick Folk. Will Lutz pick him up now because it sounds like he's going to be back for the Saints. And Michael Badgley, in case he starts again for, well, I guess, uh, uh, blanket ships on IR. So uh, Badgley will get another start for the Colts. And Dave, IDP? Uh, ask in five minutes. Okay, will do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Tennessee 34, Buffalo 31. What were our major takeaways from this game? Plus the drop meter and a little more waiver wire discussion. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. All right, uh, quick thoughts on the game. We had... Some injuries, but Taylor Lewan, thankfully, looks like he's okay. Don't know about Dawson Knox or Julio Jones right now, but, oh boy, it's a sinking feeling if you have Julio Jones, just the way this year has gone so far. He was uh, he was dropped in a 10-team league, and I picked him up just because why not? And I, I can't believe I'm going to drop him right away. Like, it's just, it's I, is he just done? Like, I don't think so. He's hard to count on. Well, he had such a good game, and was it week two? He was awesome. Yeah, he he's can't still stay healthy. Though. I mean, his hamstrings are a problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, AJ Brown had food poisoning on Saturday, but he was. He looked great. Thank God he had a Monday night game. Yep. Right. Gonna have to look awesome. Yeah, big game for him. Sixteen PPR fantasy points. Um, big game coming too. Okay, so do you? What do you want to talk about? Zach Moss. Uh, you know, disappointing game for him. Is this what we can expect? Just kind of inconsistencies. I would say, yes, you should expect some inconsistencies. Look, he's been on a nice run, you know, 11 or more PPR points in um, each of the first uh, four games that he appeared in. And so, you know, the touchdowns have disappeared. Uh, you know, you, you clearly saw what they were trying to do at the goal line, you know, with Josh Allen running the ball and then throwing the ball um, on, the, on the touchdowns that they converted. Dawson Knox had a carry at the goal line, you know, so 
It's not always going to be all Zach Moss trying to convert those touchdowns, which we knew. So I wouldn't panic yet. Like, you know, as, as Dave brought up or, or you brought up, Adam, um, you know, if you have to drop him in a 10-team league to pick up somebody to start this week, I get it. But I would much rather roster him and, and still rely on him as at least a flex moving forward. Singletary, I would consider dropping. You know, there's, there's, there's clearly a lack of production coming from him. But Moss, I think, is still worth holding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Moss at least is consistently in the game at the goal line, inside the five-yard line. He is their goal-to-go yep. running back, so that's good to see. Diggs, big game. Of course, Beasley, big game. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders came through, too. It was just a great day for Josh Allen. And then Dawson Knox will have to check on the injury, but, you know, he he ha- it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He had, you know, wasn't very involved, only three targets. Do you feel better if he ran the, if the penalty didn't happen and he scored on the ground? Yeah. And, and he and, threw a two-point conversion. And I know that mm-hmm. on this podcast he's been compared to Robert Tunyon, but I think that was a target touchdown thing. He's not... He's a different player. I mean, they, they're not running end sure. rounds for Robert Tunyon, you know? Yeah, so Knox has got... He's very fast. He's got, I didn't realize until they said this on the broadcast that he never scored it. Ole Miss. No. Yeah. Ole Miss never caught a touchdown. And how do they not win with that roster? They had, at one point, at one point, DK Metcalf, um, A.J. Brown... Elijah Moore and Dawson Knox. Now, obviously, they they differed in ages quite a bit. You know, Moore was a freshman when those guys were contributing, but right. still, all those guys on the same team and they couldn't win. So yeah, and the Titans. Well, well, I, I was going to make a, clunk, a clunky, awkward transition. I won't do it. Big win for the Titans, though. But Ryan Tannehill, twelve points. I mean, he's had one game with more than nineteen fantasy points. Do we keep him? He's got the Chiefs this week. Do we drop him or keep him? Ryan Tannehill. It's the only reason to keep him is because of the matchup against Kansas City and the likelihood that he's going to have to throw and and uh, hopefully get a couple of touchdowns. I think he's a low end starter. All right, and I think that's the the, the one thing to to consider is did the Chiefs defense turn the corner last week? And we thought Taylor Heineke is going to be awesome. He's going to tear apart this defense. There's going to be a comeback effort. He's going to look great. I hope Ryan Tannehill comes through. Well, it just Derrick Henry is he's not just getting a lot of carries. He, what did I say he was on pace for? Like 400 something carries? Yep. They said 4 million. Uh, 400 he's, he's on pace for yeah. 432 carries per 16 games, not per 17 games. So, why do you still do 16 games? Because that's what Pro Football Reference does and I am not going to do the math by myself. Like there is zero chance that I do way too much pace stuff to be sitting there, divide by 16, multiply by 17. And also, I think we have sort of a frame of reference. We know what a big 16-game season is. We don't know the numbers yet for a 17-game season. But but I, I can't even blame I can't even blame Derrick Henry because it, it, they're throwing more than they used to. But he's, the production just hasn't been there for Tannehill. It's just, it's just weird. I mean, look, his receivers have been so banged up, though. You know, A.J. Brown's missed time. Julio Jones has missed time. Matchups haven't exactly been great. You know, he had the unlucky game against Seattle where he threw for over 300 yards, but no passing touchdowns. You know, so I think there's there's a lot to like about him moving forward. But um, I think Dave, you said it best. You know, I don't know if you want to start him this week. You don't have to, but I think you want to roster him because if he has this breakout game, you're going to be upset if you dropped him. And, and I was actually surprised that he's still rostering 85% of leagues. You know, that was one of the guys yeah. I was looking at saying, oh, wow, okay, maybe he's he's the guy to pick up. And, and still, you know, people are holding on to him, I think, with the hope that things turn around. You know what might happen is you might need a quarterback this week and you pick up, uh, I don't know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you think is the best guy that's available on the way. And then somebody drops, right. 
all right, so like here's an example. Maybe this is a question for Jamie and for you, Adam. Is you pick up two off the waiver wire and then someone drops Tannehill, they don't need him this week and they need the roster spot for something else. An example of a player getting cut that somebody doesn't need because they need the roster spot for a week seven starter. Do you then drop Tua for Tannehill? And I I think I want to say yes to that. I think I'd rather start Tannehill than Tago Vailoa this week. Uh, potentially. Like I'm in a league where Tannehill was the guy I drafted. I picked up Ryan for this week, uh, knowing that he had the matchup that he had on a bye and carrying uh, Tua as well. And so, you know, I have a tough call to make on who I'm going to start moving forward. Ryan, Ryan will be the quarterback Ryan this week. The guy this week. Ryan's, Ryan's the guy this week, no question. But moving forward is who's the guy I'm going to start. And I don't want to carry three quarterbacks, but I think I will for at least one more week. Yeah, I think that you're talking about the best running game in football versus the worst running game in football. And that probably means I'd gravitate toward Tua. Although somehow they don't have the best running game in football. Uh, the Browns do. You're talking about Tua versus... Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a huge plus it's for the, the So the Browns have 1,011 rushing yards. The Cowboys, 986. The Titans, 985. Uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are dead last. Oh, no. The, well, they're dead last per game. They have 429. Jets have 370. Jets have the fewest rushing yards. So I'd probably... I think I'd start two over Tannehill if, unless, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but obviously, if like if you think they're close, one is Tannehill's obviously a better long-term play. So let's talk about the drop-o-meter here. There are just too many names. I, I couldn't, I can't get everybody on there, but some big names. Miles Gaskin, 0-10. to 10. Um, Eight. Three. Wow. All right, Jamie still wants to be patient. You're not dropping him. Dave, okay. more No, not with all the teams on a bye. You're starting him? I might have to. Allen Robinson. Uh, Seven, six. Eight. Eight and ten. Ten in the ten-team league. Eight in the twelve-team league. LaVisca Chenault going into his bye. Eight. Yeah. Higher ten than non-PPR. Tyler Boyd. Ten in non-PPR. Seven in a full PPR. Sure. Unless it's really deep. Unless if it's a deep league, then no, you can't do it. 14 plus teams, keep Boyd. Naeem Hines, three catches in his last three games. Ten in every format. Yep. <laughs> this is gonna be his week. Uh Sam Darnold. I was joking. It's not gonna be his week. It might be. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just that's the Hines experience. There there's a change. Campbell's out, so you never know. Sam Darnold, good matchup this week, but struggling. And they're talking about running the football more. Uh, 10, Darnold. Uh, seven. Giants stink, so he might have a good game. Shut up, Jamie. Kirk Cousins. You're an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah. I I want to pick a new team, but I, it's you too... Said it, you, I would you, I mean, you picked the wrong a- NFC. How many wins combined for both of your teams? Two. Right, the Eagles, are, the Eagles have one win or two? I think they have two wins. They beat the Falcons. And yeah. the Panthers. And the Panthers, yeah. okay. All right, all right. We got three wins. We're in wild card contention. Uh, Kirk Cousins going into his bye. Uh, four. If you need to make yeah. One of those guys that you don't want to drop, but you might have to. Robbie might Anderson. One player that you drop and hope you can get pick up. You can uh, pick 10. Up after week seven. Robbie is a 28. <laughs> Look, if he gets 10 targets against the Giants, I think he's going to have a good game. That I, means he's going to have three catches <laughs> for 25 yards and maybe a touchdown. He scored twice on the season and still only has 43 PPR points. Yikes. In 16. 
<laughs> All right, waiver wire. Uh, let's see what else we can talk about here. We'll start with the quarterbacks and level of excitement rest of season if you see Carr, Wentz, or Ryan on your waiver wire. Uh, Ryan more so than the other two for a couple of reasons. One, you're starting to see him play well. You saw Kyle Pitts have a big game. Calvin Ridley coming back. Best is yet to come. But already passed his bye weeks. So you don't have to worry about making a transaction if you want to rely on him. Okay. And, yeah, all right. So Ryan's our favorite. And then would you, if Tua is your number one waiver wire quarterback, and you said Tua, Winston, and Bridgewater, Jamie. If Tua's number one, I know Ryan's ahead of him. Are Carr and Wentz ahead of Tua? Carr is ahead of Tua. Uh, Wentz for this week would be behind Tua. Okay. And Bridgewater, by the way, has scored 22 to 25 points in four or five healthy games. And now he is facing the Browns, who give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So He's also got a foot injury. I don't know how much of that is actual injury or, you know, have to list him because of the designation for Monday. Sure. Okay. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, if he's back. Every quarterback to face the... uh, Cardinals? Cardinals. No, that's I'm sorry. I have the oh, wrong they, I have the wrong stat. 23 plus only twice this year. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. So uh Tarad Taylor, uh any interest in him as I'd have to miss on everybody that we've talked about to consider Tarad. He would be more what's his roster percentage, you know? Ten percent. Yeah, I think if you're in a two QB or super flex league and you want to pick him up just to speculate, that's fine. Okay. I'd I'd be surprised if you were on the waiver wire in those types of formats. Well, ten percent roster percentage he's available in those leagues because that that's too low of a number in some leagues. More superflex, I think, because uh, I do think people treat superflex a little differently than two QB. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick also could play this week, so if you need someone, he's facing Green Bay. Uh, running backs, okay, yeah, we've covered this extensively. I hope at this point, there's one thing I'd like to bring up, and that is Rashad Penny. You know, if you look at his career, it's been so injured. But when he's been healthy, he's actually been pretty good. And, yeah, do you think Rashad Penny could be a long-term solution for the Seahawks? Absolutely. Definitely not. (laughs) If if Carson's out for the season and Collins gets, you know, continues to get banged up, then sure. Are they playing flag football? Well, maybe he could stay. All right, so you just think he can't stay healthy? I'm worried about him staying healthy. I we've seen him just get beat up so many times. I, I'm I've learned the lesson. All right, so if you have forgotten what we've talked about, for Dave, the top priority is Dearness Johnson. For Jamie, it's Devontae Freeman. Only if you need a running back for this week, it's Dearness Johnson. Yeah, and if you need a running back for this week. I go Freeman. All right, so so if they're both starting this week. And Chubb's out and Murray's out. Jamie likes Freeman better. Dave likes Dearness Johnson better. I don't think we've mentioned Demetric Felton. What are your interest? What's your interest level on him? Very low for me. Um, better in PPR than non PPR. He doesn't have a carry yet this year, so they've treated him more as a re- receiving threat and even used him as a receiver as opposed to using him as a as a backfield option. But I mean, the Browns—they're down their two tackles uh, potentially. Their quarterback is playing with a dislocated shoulder. They might not have Landry back. Beckham's banged up. Like, this could just be an absolute train wreck for this team. Like, you know, I, I was ready to drop the Broncos DSD. Now they're, they're my top five for this week. I mean, this could be... <laughs> they're beat up, too. They're beat tragedy, up. Tragedy, though, for that team. Uh, yeah, this... Uh, well, you know what, though? It's a it's a 2021 primetime game, so it's probably going to overtime. It's going to be awesome. 
Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is out yeah, there. Six three Broncos. Six, yeah, whatever. I'll take free football. DJ, the bunch of bunch of uh, Seahawks guys, plus potentially Alex Collins in your shallower leagues. Jarrett Patterson is an option. Kenyon Drake, we should probably discuss him. Fifty two percent rostered. A little bit more of a role last week. Still only six touches, but did score twice. His most touches since week three. Uh, he only played twenty one percent of the snaps. But like you said, you know, he, he showed something. So, you know, maybe they uh, they, they see something, Rich Passaccia, you know, and, and Greg Olson, and they see, okay, we can use him again. And it was more of a Gruden being punished thing. Yeah. So, you know, we'll find out what happens with uh, with Kenyon Drake moving forward. But someone to speculate on. And then Jamichael Hasty also is another guy, you know, if you're talking deeper I'm leagues. I'm going to mention him. Yes. Uh, you know, we know the 49ers backfield and what it's been and what it looks like. And so he's not eligible to play yet, but he has the window has been open for him to be activated off of IR and apparently look good in Monday's practice. So, Dave, what do you think the uh, the 49ers backfield looks like when everybody's healthy with Hasty Sermon and Elijah Mitchell? I think it's going to look like a big, dirty, muddy puddle that we're not going to feel good about. Hasty will have a role. Mitchell will have a role. Sermon probably won't have a role. Has use check earned enough? Um, to be the third down back still for them and maybe get three catches per game. I'm not feeling good about any one single 49ers running back, but if I can pick up Hasty and still carry him on IR for for until Saturday or whenever they activate him, I'm happy to do it. Well, He's got a chance to be a, right, right, right. So it might not even be, like they right. don't have to activate him this week, and he just can't play this week. I've already got Hasty on a bunch of my yep. IR lists as it is, so. Uh, I'd be happy to put him on that IR spot and, and just wait to see what happens. And we, I want to bring up one other guy because if I'm talking about just warm bodies who might get a decent workload, doesn't Mark Ingram qualify? And I know it's it's Arizona and Houston's going to get trampled, whatever. But Mark Ingram looks like he's their running downs guy. Arizona's run defense um, hasn't been amazing this year. No, it's been terrible. It's one of the worst in football. So maybe there's room for, you know, Ingram had, I think, seven non-PPR fantasy points, more if you use decimal scoring. He's not a priority by any stretch. And I feel kind of the same way about talking about him like I do Dearness Johnson, which might say a little bit more about how I feel about Johnson. But I, I think that Ingram is someone, as, as a second or third or even fourth waiver claim, if you need the running back help, warm body, might get 10 touches. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and Savan Ahmed, uh, last one for me. Do you think there's a chance Savan Ahmed could emerge as the Dolphins starter? Chance, sure. Yeah. Doubt it. Okay, wide receivers. So you can look for Jer- Jerry Judy. You could look for Tim Patrick because as long as Judy's out, Tim Patrick has been about ten PPR points. Uh, what twelve, no, 12 or more? Twelve or more in every game, but the game Bridgewater left. You're right, in five or six games, about ten non PPR points, eight to ten non PPR points every week. Kadarius Tony, 76%. Jamie thinks no on, on Galladay. I think, you know, let's see who, if he's healthy. Uh, Jarvis Landry, 70% rostered. Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro. They don't, I think they have a great matchup this week, but uh, I'm not quite sure about that. We'll get to that later in the week, but Philadelphia sees the fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL, but then again, can the Raiders really run on them? You got a whole bunch of guys on Arizona. We got Sterling Shepard. A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton. We talked about Darnell Mooney. Other guys. Rashad Bateman, Marquez Callaway. I mean, what about Callaway? Bateman is maybe more of a stash, but he had a you know encouraging signs in the first week. But Callaway, you know, the, they finally threw the ball more than like 22 times, and he had four catches, 85 yards, and two touchdowns at Washington on eight targets, and the Seahawks 
I've allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in four of six games, wide receivers who are better than Callaway. But uh, yeah, I mean, this could do worse than Callaway, Dave, right? You could, but I feel like he's a low volume type of wide receiver and you're taking a big chance by starting him. I feel a lot better with definitely with Sterling Shepard, but Mooney, AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, those guys definitely ahead of Callaway for me on the pecking order. Jamie, we got Miko Hardman, Jamison Crowder, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Mac Hollins. How are you framing it with those guys? I mean, Hardman has 12 or more PPR points twice in his last four games. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes, you know, so he's got 17 targets in his last two weeks. You know, last week it was Demarcus Robinson playing a little bit better. You know, Josh Gordon's going to have some moments, I think, down the stretch. Byron Pringle's still there, so there's going to be clearly inconsistent performances, but 62 yards or more each of the last two weeks, so you could do worse than, you know, getting a Chiefs receiver if you're stuck. Jamison Crowder, one good game, one bad game, you know, so we'll see what happens from coming off their bye week. Uh, somebody I wouldn't mind stashing if you have a roster spot. Peoples-Jones, if there is no Jarvis Landry, you know, had a big game last week, and if they can't run the ball with Dearness Johnson and uh, Demetri Felton, uh, surprise, they probably can't, then you might have to see Baker Mayfield relying on and the Browns relying on the passing game a little bit more and people's Jones maybe has an opportunity. And then Mac Hollins, you know, I thought he looked good in the game in London. Uh, I think it was five targets, four catches, uh, 62 yards. I think it was, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, no will fuller, Devonte Parker still banged up and they're taking on the Falcons. Cool. And, uh, do you think you should drop or stash Rondell Moore? I'm if okay. You can hold him. I I'd hold him, but yeah, if you, if you need to drop him, that's fine. That's one of those guys that's easy to move on from. I, I think Ertz. I think Ertz is going to impact everybody to a degree in the passing game, but it'll certainly impact more because he's Ertz is the middle of the field target, and I think Moore's gotten a decent amount of midfield targets already. Okay, tight ends. We're going to save IDPs for the very end. Tight ends: Goddard, Ertz, and Cook. If they're available, go ahead and grab them. Uh, but if not, Ricky Seals Jones, and this could be a good matchup here. You know, the, the, when they face good tight ends, the Packers have been bad, but I don't know that if that's Ricky Seals Jones, um, but uh, Mo Ali Cox, Pat Fryermuth on by. Uh, yeah, Fryermuth is interesting because first game without Juju, seven targets, uh, really involved. You know, there's going to be somebody catching short area passes, and he looks to be that guy. So, uh, not a bad stash candidate if you can afford to carry him. Pick him up Saturday night. And OJ Howard could, he had a really nice game against Philadelphia, and if Gronk's out, you might want to turn to him again. I think that's about it. And then for DSTs, the Saints are the are the one that's widely available that we want the most. But the Patriots and the Cardinals are actually ranked ahead of them if you can get your hands on them. If not, 49ers. Uh, that one, I, I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't, you're right. Neither do I. Jamie, you I like the 49ers? It's just like, yeah, they're rested. They're at home. You know, uh, this is a, you know not a must-win game for them, but it's a big game, big win, big game for them. Uh, as you know, you're seeing what the Cardinals and Rams are doing. So if they're going to try and keep pace, I think their defense is going to have to step up, and we'll see how Carson Wentz holds up to the pressure in a road game in primetime. Then you got the Browns against the Broncos, Raiders against the Eagles, Falcons against the Dolphins. Um, are you going to stick with the car- the Panthers DST this week against the Giants? Yes. You could. You should. And then how about the Ravens, 69% rostered, going up against Cincinnati? They look great. First time all season, I think they look as, as dominant as they have been. And you know so, why? You know why? I told Heath he was too high on them. No, that's true. <laughs> I did it again. Three in a row. Uh, yeah, so what do you think? You starting them against the Bengals? Yeah, he had the Patriots too low, right, too? Yeah, he had the Patriots too low against the Texans. No, the Cowboys. 
I'm no. sorry, he had the, the Cowboys too low. He had the Cowboys the too low against the Patriots, right? Is that what I said? There was one. That was one of them. Yeah, there was a couple yeah. last week. Yeah, he definitely had the Colts too low. That was the one that I I think he had the Colts too low, if I recall. But that was the only. But I didn't bring that up on the show. But I I called him out on the Ravens ranking as too high, and of course they had a huge game. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, would you drop the Ravens against the Bengals to get the Saints? Yes. Yes. All right. Get Youngway Koo. And who are we doing it? Who are we uh, adding at IDP? Harold Landry. We talked about him last week. He's still available in 83% of weeks or leagues. He's had back to back really good weeks with Tennessee. I think that role is here to stay. Tennessee's got another good linebacker, David Long, who's had two good games, lots of tackles. I'm not sure how long Long keeps this role with Jayon Brown coming back soon. But if Brown's out, Long's in. I like that. Anthony uh, Everett, Averett, I'm not. 100% sure how to pronounce his last name. Safety for Baltimore. Uh, he's played well for the past couple of weeks. And then the last guy is Jamel Dean, defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seems to be doing a good job. At least nine points. Uh, excuse me, at least 11 points each of the last two weeks in Tampa. All right, we're out of here. Thanks so much for tuning into this long show. We had a lot to talk about today. Hope it was helpful. If you need more help, hit us up tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We will see you then. For the guy who dropped Michael Thomas and Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg, I am Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.